into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Home of the playground of the stars. Best Coast Boys podcast coming back at you after a huge 13. It's hard to say huge 13 yeah. to 10 win, but it, but ginormous. it is ginormous win for the Dallas Cowboys. I am Landon McCool. Uh, you can find me here as always. You can find me on Twitter at McCoolBCB, and you can find me on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier. And I am joined as always with my co-host John Owning. John, how are you feeling? And tell the people what is up. Feeling fantastic today after the big, the giant three-point win by the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you guys know where to find me on Twitter at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Make sure you guys read all my work at the Dallas Morning News and at The Score. Got my um, three things we learned up on the site. And on Monday, we will be having a uh, mock draft coming our way. Is that Leighton Vander Esch in the background, I hear? <laughs> Howling in the in, in the distance? I... I, I, I... I, did you have Leighton come over I to the house? So. Are, yes, we gonna, are we going to get I, a... I was making him tea and crumpets for his great game yesterday. <laughs> We're going to have to have a conversation with Leighton since he's over at your house. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, obviously an exciting, a fantastic uh, fourth straight win for the Dallas Cowboys. This one uh, against the what many people consider to be probably the best team in the in the league at that point so uh mm-hmm. I, I think you know to to come away with any victory i mean there, there's you know moral victories are are a thing to some people and uh but this you know i think you don't really there's no caveats on wins in the nfl and mm-hmm. and when and you defeat a team that is playing the way that the new orleans saints have uh, you, you don't really – you can poo-poo the score all you want, but they won the game. They won the game by playing the way that they had to in order to beat the team that they were playing. And uh, it may not have been the best for fantasy. It may not have been the best for watching offensive football, but it was effective, and uh, this team came to play. Um, yep. Let's get into this. Um, this is going to be obviously a short show. This is one of our post, post-game shows, so – uh, we won't stay long, but we did want to kind of cover the game real quick. Um, let's start with the offense. Um, like we mentioned, 13 points, not exactly something mm-hmm. that uh, to, to write home for. You know, I think that there's an argument to be made that there was likely to be a 20th point, 20 yeah. points if, you know, they didn't decide to kneel the game dead. For sure. Um, so I, I think that is, uh, uh, you know, something to keep in mind. Uh, I thought that despite not putting up you know, huge points that the offense really, really actually played very well. I mean, this is a very good Saints defense, uh, mm-hmm. and the Cowboys were able, like we said, you know, the game plan was to play keep away with uh, from Drew Brees. And, you know, Drew only got uh, 28 attempts in the game, uh, mm-hmm. which is not a ton when you're considering that they were losing basically the whole game. Uh, I think, th- if I remember correctly, they had uh, only like – I think it was like 49 snaps or something like that. Maybe it was 50, 49 snaps. Yeah, like it was something yeah, like that. Yeah, 49 plays, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that is exactly, you know, the what you're trying to look for if you're trying to keep uh, Drew Brees off the field. Um, you know, it was tough sledding for Elliott for most of the game. He didn't. The numbers don't look great. 
but he was able to do things consistently like turning negative gains into positive gains mm-hmm. um, you know crank cranking it out between him and Dak Prescott uh, on the ground they were able to continue to get the clock running and you know they ended up with a, with a hundred yard rushing day and then you, you you kind of pair that with an extremely extremely efficient performance by Dak Prescott outside of some the, some fumbles but going mm-hmm. 24 of 28 uh, you know while keeping in mind while still being sacked seven times, Mm-hmm. Um, I thought was an incredible performance for a, a young quarterback. I mean, it wasn't a perfect performance by any stretch of the imagination, but considering what was on the line, considering you know who they were facing, um, I thought that uh, it was a, it was an inspired performance by those guys. Let's let's start in, in let's start in the backfield with Zeke and, and Prescott. Uh, what were your thoughts there? Um, with Dak Prescott, I thought it came down to he was more consistent with his lower body mechanics. That's why he was able to be more accurate. He was generating more force with his lower body so that his upper body could just aim the ball. And it would, the the result was that you saw Dak have good velocity on his throws, and he had and he was pretty accurate. He had a couple misplaced throws, but there wasn't any huge misses outside of the Michael Gallup miss down the sideline, which we all wish he would have hit. But besides that, I thought he, like you said, besides for the fumbles, I thought he performed well. I thought I saw numerous plays where he was going through his progressions. I still like this is the second game in a row where I saw him hitting his checkdowns when he was yeah. uh, getting pressure in his face. He wasn't turning and running. He wasn't conceding the pressure, backing up, really putting his offensive tackles in a, in a tough spot. He did well. He hit his checkdowns. He hit Zeke on a numerous couple plays. I think he hit Schultz on one, mm-hmm. hit Jarwin on another. He was doing he really seemed like he has a grasp of where the offense is right now. He knows where all of his checkdowns are. He knows where his progressions are, his reads. He has command of the protections. I think he's really playing his best game of the season so far. And then Ezekiel Elliott, not much more that we can say that we haven't really said in the previous weeks. He's just been really good. He's getting the most out of each and every run. He's like you said, turning those negative uh, gains into one or two short yard gains. His ability to turn out those dirty yards are important. On numerous of those uh, third and second and shorts where he uh, got the first down, he was kind of stonewalled at the line of scrimmage and he turned his way for the first down. And it was just a fantastic performance from both of them combined, considering who they were going against and everything. You would have liked to see the offense have better execution in the red zone. You would not like to see them settle for as many field goals and convert those into points. But you can't be upset with the way everything happened yesterday. Yeah, I think, you know, if you have a legitimate complaint about this offense, which I think this is, that they still are struggling to convert in the red in mm-hmm. the red zone. Um, you know, I think, but in total, when you look at and uh, you know, just the physical nature that these guys were able to play with and, and the uh, you know, they were 50% on third down. And, and that's, you know, that – keeping it going long drives they ate a ton of clock they kept drew Brees off the field and they did all this while playing three backup offensive linemen on the left hand side mm-hmm. um and i have to say uh, i had i had my doubts for sure but cam fleming played a hell of a game i mean it I mean, looks so ugly i swear but it gets the job done yeah. that's it looks so a lot of it looks so ugly the way he kind of like waddles down the field it doesn't look athletic but like we've been saying, he just gets the job done. He gets in the way. I think he received he received actually a lot of help in pass protection. But yeah, I think yeah. with the help in pass protection, he did a phenom- he did his job. He didn't over set and give up the inside. You know that you see a lot of times like Lyle does when he gets help. 
I thought he played within this scheme extremely well. Yeah, I and mean, that, that's that's all you want, you know, from a b- backup off. Look, starting offensive tackles need tight end help a lot. You know, a lot of starting left tackles in this league need uh, off the offensive uh, need tight end help. Um, so there's no shame in that. The, the point is, is that you need to be able to execute when you're getting that help, and then on the plays when you're not, you need to be able to execute there too. And I think I read somewhere that he was the uh, first. Uh, uh, offensive tackle, first left tackle to face the Saints this season to not give up a single pressure, um, which is pretty impressive, you know. I mean, again, for what we're considering. So uh, kudos to him. Um, and I think we could talk about the rest of the offensive line real quick. Um, Xavier Suofilo, I think, still continues to struggle. I mean, his injury uh, is not helping him, but I think he's also uh, you know, struggling with his playing technique and, and things like that. Um, it, it didn't end up killing them completely. Uh, but I do think that over this long break, it's time to consider putting Connor Williams back in at left guard. Um, or at least, you know, opening that competition back up. Uh, I thought Joe Looney played a pretty good game, uh, specifically on the touchdown uh, uh, screen to Zeke. He absolutely destroyed some poor linebacker who I'm sure got sent home in a box in pieces, I think. Um, and then, yeah, I think Zach Martin, you saw, had a couple of different key, key blocks, was playing like he normally does. Uh, Lil, you know, Lil Collins, he struggled a, ton, a couple different times, but I think he also uh, was a key in a lot of different areas of some of these runs that, that worked out. Um, you know, notably, he gave up that sack. Uh, mm-hmm. Dak needs to get rid of the ball, but notably, he gave up that sack near the, the goal line on third down that was just a little Cam bit. Cam Jordan. Yeah, I, I mean, yes. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do? He's Cam yeah. Jordan. He's like, he's mm-hmm. one of the best. Um, so I, I, uh, uh, I think that mostly, uh, I mean, cons- all things considered, uh, they gave up seven sacks, and th- that's mm-hmm. you know that is what it is, and and Dak is responsible for a couple of those, but I mm-hmm. think the majority of those probably go to the offensive line. But beyond that, I, I think considering what they were able to do, I think the offensive line, and considering who is playing again, no mm-hmm. Tyron Smith, I think the offensive line uh, yeah, no did Tyron a good job Smith against a team with. A really a good defensive line with Sheldon Rankins, Cameron Jordan, Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata became a All Pro la- last night. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, considering the competition and what their personnel was, I thought the Cowboys' offensive line performed admirably. Obviously, it wasn't what you would want from a week in and week out basis, but hopefully, the Cowboys are going to get Tyron Smith back and he's going to shore things up put Connor Williams back in left guard, like you said. And I think that's going to shore things up from the offensive line. I don't think this is going to be a weekly occurrence from Dak. I just really like that despite the fact that Dak was being harassed a little bit in the backfield and got sacked about seven times, it didn't mess with his poise in the pocket. It didn't make him jumpy. It didn't make him fidgety in the pocket. He was still poised and able to make big throws. Yeah, and uh, I think that uh, it was – it was it was interesting to see him, you know, taking the sacks, but you know, not having the kind of collateral damage, the psychological or whatever it is, uh, seeing ghosts or whatever. Just like you talked about, you know, he he really he he stuck it out, was tough, um, you know, and and gutted out. It really kind of a gutty performance by this offense as a whole. I mean, again, not pretty, um, but I think that. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think that it was it was what what they needed to do to win the game against a very very tough opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
last few things uh, on the offense before we sw- swap this around. Um, uh, just some small things here or there. Once again, we've seen Blake Jarwin taking hey. a, an outlet pass, right? The and burst. With insane burst. So, like, that's the thing about it is that uh, I, I, I'm kind of wondering if I – mean, this is the kind of thing that uh, – uh, that you know, it makes you think. Okay, is this what they were seeing in training camp? I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. what I've been seeing in training camp when mm-hmm. when he was getting the ball and catching it. Is that he has a level of athleticism that doesn't kind of fit his body, mm-hmm. right? Like it, it it's kind all, of it really pops on on film, really from a tight end, a guy his body to have that kind of burst and acceleration. Yeah. It's not it's not common with tight ends. Yeah, and I think you know, I wonder now if you know that isn't such a great role for him, like to kind of just be that outlet you know mm-hmm. tight end over there who could turn a two-yard outlet pass to the flat into a 12-yard gain mm-hmm. by suddenly getting upfield and then you know diving all six six of them and trying to cross <laughs> the line you know uh I, so i just i thought that was interesting um we gotta talk about these wideouts though before yes, we move I on thought the wideouts really stood out you know uh cooper going eight targets eight receptions 75 yards what was interesting is that they, you know, they tried to cover him. It seemed like for the most part, uh, with Marcus Lattimore, as opposed to mm-hmm. maybe trying the kind of Belichickian, uh, you know, put put the number two, put the, the number two, and then the safety on top, and then guard mm-hmm. your, you put your number one corner on their number two guy. Um, after watching the game, I, and I told Marcus this on the Locked On Sh- Co- uh, Cowboys podcast, uh, it's very clear why they didn't do that <laughs> because. <laughs> Gallup was eating Eli Apple's lunch yeah. all day they long. They see practice. They see practice. They knew that wasn't going to be good. Yeah. And so, and, and like, and, and beyond that too, like, uh, you know, I, I think if they had put him over on Cooper, I mean, Cooper would have just destroyed him in every single short route and just maybe taken him to the house. Like, you know, because I, I just think that even if you had put a safety over the top with the way Cooper is running routes right now, uh, he would have found he would have gotten open and gotten around him just like he did with Marcus Lattimore on that one catch where he wheeled around. I love that. I, when wide receivers have that level of consciousness mm-hmm. where Awareness. they run the stop route and they leave themselves enough sideline to burst back on the outside. Like you see people like Beasley do that and like some of these other like really advanced route runners where they mm-hmm. catch they catch the ball and they give themselves an outside cushion enough to be able to flip it outside and, and take it up the sideline. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that yeah I'm I mean, I I agree, Layton. Uh, I think that uh, you know it, th- that kind of thing is is it, it really advanced route running, and, and I think it probably scared the crap out of the Saints defense coordinator. So that's why they didn't do that. Uh, and then real quick, and I'll let you talk about these guys. I love the, wh- where we're going with Gallup. I mean, he clearly mm-hmm. has gotten such such great development, and we're seeing a little bit better this week. You know, him using his hands to get hands off of him. You know, mm-hmm. like, you know, getting separating uh, and then making sure the, the DB doesn't get another hand on him by swiping his hands yeah, away. Wipe, keep yeah, keep wiping. Exactly. And just doing a really great job of, of, of getting himself free and then f- also forcing Eli Apple to hold him, you know, like mm-hmm. forcing Eli Apple to get onto him and try to tackle him because he's, you know, trying to burst back outside because he's trying to make a cut inside and, and Eli can't keep up with him. So uh, k- kudos to Michael Gallus development. He, probably would have had a much bigger day too if, if uh-huh. Dak could just take a little bit off that deep pass that on the mm-hmm. double move on the outside uh but I, I just really a fantastic game by uh both Cooper and Michael Gallup uh what are your th- last th- thoughts there yeah to talk about that last uh 
Gallup play where he where Dak missed him on that deep uh, stuttering go down the sideline. It was a really well uh, run route, really well disguised by Michael Gallup. He kind of came off the line. His pad level rose, and he kind of acted like he was running a really lazy stop route. So he was like his head wasn't over his shoulders. It wasn't a technically sound get off. It looked like he was running, like, like I said, a really lazy stop route or hitch route. And then as soon as he hitched and he saw Eli Apple bite, he just – put his head down and burst down the sideline and he had you got everybody saw that giant gap of separation that would have been an easy walk-in touchdown but i really wanted to point out that little disguise that gallup used to get open there was really nice and it's something that really impressed me and then besides that i think he's becoming the preeminent deep threat for the cowboys offense you're seeing him being able to stretch the field down the sideline you're going to start seeing defenses start uh, putting their safeties a little bit farther back, and that's just going to make things even easier for Cole Beasley, Amari Cooper, and the tight ends and the intermediate portions of the field. Um, Amari Cooper, not much more I could say about him that I haven't really said in every single week, really praising and gushing about him as a player. He's a fantastic receiver. He's a legitimate number one wide receiver. The fumble wasn't ideal, and it's really the first misstep Cooper has had since he's come on the Cowboys, but I think he more than made up for He's becoming such a – He's becoming a Jason Witten-esque threat for the Cowboys on third down. You can see Dak Prescott's really looking yeah. Amari's way when he needs a big play. And that's exactly what, why you get a guy like Amari Cooper, why you get that number one receiver. Yeah, and I think also when you look at how they all slot in a little bit, I, I think that that uh, you know having someone like Cooper who can kind of move around and, and play a whole different slots and then letting, uh, you know, letting someone like Gallup play a little bit more Z on the backside, I think may help him, you know, as far mm-hmm. as the matchups that he's going to get and, and how, uh, you know, it, it always helps to get your young wide receivers off the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. because it just gives them that much more separation up front to try to make a move without having a cornerback get his hands on you. So uh, I think that's going to be a, a helpful thing going forward. Um, Interesting that, that Noah Brown seems like the, the number four receiver now. Well, I you know I think they have had big plans for Noah Brown for a mm-hmm. long time, you know, and 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 I think that now that he's healthy and, and and in the playbook now, I think they can do. The thing about it is that you can just do so much, you know, you can just do so much with a guy like that, and mm-hmm. and 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 again, like everybody talked about it, like oh, every time he comes on the field, there's a, uh, it's a it's a run. Well, now that you got defensive coordinators worrying about that, mm-hmm. and now they know that this guy can be Tendencies a legitimate. Tendencies are always bad. Tendencies, Tendencies are something that offensive bad. coordinators spend a lot of time intentionally building. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's if you if you've ever heard of someone you know running a play to set up a play down the season or set up a play down the game. That's what you're doing. You're basically setting up tendencies that, hey, this looks like this. Get, hey, they want the defenses to think, hey, when you see this formation, oh, we're going to do this because yeah. we're, they're going to wait for that moment when they don't do that, and they're going to catch you off guard in a, in a key mm-hmm. third down or a touchdown situation. So, um, yeah, I think it was a, like I said, not a huge point scoring spot, um, but a uh, still a very inspired performance by a difficult, uh, to, against a difficult uh, uh team uh by this dallas cowboys offense uh let's get to the the fun stuff shall we oh the defense yes sir (sighs) i uh i was i was listening to some of the um some of the uh you know commentary after the game Mm -hmm. and i think it was willie mcginnis i heard say that this was the the best defensive performance by any 
team defense in so far this season. Yeah, I, I, I mean, said that last night. It's hard to argue. I mean, it's it's hard to argue. I think. I mean, you talk about what this offense had been doing previously coming into this game. Uh, and you know what they had done to a variety of a whole bunch of really good teams that have really good defenses. For Dallas to come out here and hold, who's probably the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, who also may have the t- best wide receiver currently in the NFL on his team, um, and and you know a, a top five to seven, uh, you know running back, dual threat running back as well. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely a top five running back situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three it. even. Yeah, um, I think that uh, I think that if I can't think of a of a defensive performance by this a Cowboys team that has been this perform this impressive. I mean, I, I can't think of they one. held the Saints <laughs> to three point six yards per play. That's ridiculous. Three point six. You know, I mean, the funny thing is, is that all throughout the week, I mean, I, I think even my expectation is that you can't really stop these guys. You're just mm-hmm. hoping to slow them down a little bit. But the, the Cowboys actually stopped them. Legitimately stopped them, yeah. man. Like, I mean, the, I think they had they had said something like, you know, they had only had like two three and outs in the previous like eight games coming in, and then like their first two series were three and outs. Like, Insane. they just came out. I mean, this whole team. First of all. Let's let's take a second and give some kudos to this coaching staff. All right, yes. because they got this team uh, prepared with a game plan that they knew was that could win. New uh, and wrinkles they, in that game plan. What'd you say? They had put new wrinkles into that game plan. It That's was just incredibly scheme. They they believed in this scheme and they got coached confidence into this into this group and uh, this this group came out and played sixty minutes of a great football uh, and I don't even just mean the defense I mean across the board uh, but speaking going turning back um, with the defense I, I am uh, I am certain that um, not only is this you know the best performance by the defense as a whole, but, but probably the, some of the best performances by some of these guys individually. Um, I, I think that Tyron Crawford maybe had his best game of the season. Um, I, I think that despite if we just can look past the stupid, you know, fall jump, jumping over the cut block and falling into the kicker thing. I thought Randy Gregory played a fantastic Ooh, he, game. Oh, he was burning around the edge. He, he, he burning around the edge. Man. At one point, Bushrod actually, I think did a do si with him. He, did, I, he turned yeah. around. He did a total three sixty. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. And then I, I think when you, when you add that in Demarcus Lawrence, he didn't have, you know, the statistical night that, uh, that you want to see, I mean, or that is, I guess, expected of him. But I mean, the actual individual plays this guy made. That fourth down stop on fourth and goal stop was so legit. If you want to know, if you want to know what this defense is all about, <laughs> if you want to know what this Let defense, know, this front Landon. seven, I'm going to tell you right know. now. If you want to know what this front seven is all about, you go watch the. They show they 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 posted it. Go watch the the end zone angle of that play. You've got Tyrone Crawford kicking the guard's ass right there, pushing the line of scrimmage back a yard and a half. You've got Jalen Smith uh, attacking a gap, pushing the line back. You know they decided in their own infinite wisdom not to block Demarcus Lawrence on fourth and goal. Which okay, that's your decision, but he wouldn't have made the play if uh, if Hunt. Uh, I mean Hunt. I'm got Hunt in my mind. Um, if uh, if I'm completely blanking on 41's name for the 
the uh, for the Saints. I can't remember what his name is, and I'm completely lost. Anyways, the, the running back completely got stopped behind the line of scrimmage uh, and had nowhere to go, and that's what a- allowed Demarcus Lawrence to uh, cut off and, and get the tackle uh, behind the line of scrimmage for a loss. So that whole play, to me, was when I really felt like uh, um, I really felt like that we were going to win this game. Like I felt like this defense what had what it takes to uh, to to beat an offense of this caliber. I mean, I felt pretty confident before that, but that's what really sealed it for me. Um, let's let's talk about some linebackers, shall we? Yes, sir. Um, well, anything else you want to mention on the defensive line before we, we move on? Oh, uh, we should mention Malik Collins with yes, the fantastic yes. pressure at the end. The team lead in pressures. His yeah. spin move was on point again. He's yep. really got that down and mastered. He's really setting it up well. And he's not. And the thing that he's doing is he's setting it up well with speed. Without He uses a power rip move to the outside that's been really, really effective because of his first step quickness. And then when you combine that with his spin move where he has the same first initial vertical step – but then he spins outside once the lineman tries to overcorrect to the outside to defend his little rip move. It's really, really working really well for him. And he was generating a lot of pressure. He forced Drew Brees' uh, incompletion on, I think, two or three of his pressures just because he made Drew Brees get the ball out way quicker than he wanted to. Yeah, and I, um, and then along those lines, our boy, Antoine Woods. Ooh. I mean, again, showing out. I mean, dominant at the point of attack – uh, several different times and uh, you know just really um, you know psh, psh, there was a one play where uh, there was a reverse I think it was um, who was it that was running um, uh, that was running a reverse for them and and Antoine Woods I think it was Kamara actually um, Antoine Woods he didn't make the tackle but he was there and he strung it out enough that it allowed for uh you know Leighton or someone else to get there and react quickly and to c- cut it down for uh like an only a two-yard gain it was it was incredibly impressive but he didn't mm-hmm. you know he's gonna get no stat you know yeah. uh, uh, uh you know quality for that but again uh, that was incredibly uh impressive to watch he's playing at a really high level yeah. for uh, for a guy that we got off the street basically it's amazing um, it's amazing his ability. To, he always plays with leverage. He uses his natural leverage advantage, being kind of short in that squatty frame. He uses it so well, and he's he was resetting that line of scrimmage versus Max Unger on nearly every play where Max Unger was locked up one on one with Antoine Woods. And Max Unger is one of the better centers in the NFL. Yeah. And Antoine Woods is really having his way with him in the run game. It was really really impressive. Like we say every week, though, we want to see him give. Start to give maybe a little bit as a pass rusher. Still not giving us much. But from what you expect from him, from a run defense, he's been exceeding expectations. Speaking of exceeding expectations, let's Ooh. talk about this linebacker crew. Oh, my word. <laughs> so we, we got some good linebackers. Rumor uh, has it. Rumor has it, rumor has it <laughs> that we that some of these linebackers have worked out. Um, I, you know, look, I, let's just take a, let's take a step back. Um, you know when we talked about Jalen recovering from the from his injury, you know we we were never really sure what you know what the upside was going to look like. You know what what that was going to look like. Um, and you know separate of that, when Leighton Vander Esch got drafted, we you know you you it was a lot of just 
potential, just pure potential. And we didn't really know how it was going to harness and what it was going to look like. We all thought, oh, it's unrealistic to compare him to someone like er er uh, Erlacher. Um, apparently not. Uh, <laughs> I literally heard someone last night on the NFL or saw someone tweet on the NFL network. Now, again, these guys are mostly, you know, not shock jocks. Brilliant. Yeah. Who literally called Leighton Vander Esch the best non quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and so Aaron Donald might be a little, I, yeah, I, mean, I was going to say, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do not we'll take it. Let me be clear. I do not agree with him. <laughs> um, but I, again, when you combine those things, um, the uh, seemingly unlimited potential of a healthy Jalen Smith with the seemingly unlimited potential of a Leighton Vander Esch, the combination of these two has been, Phenomenal. I, yeah, I mean, it's it's the the, the hammer and, and the swift. It's like, <laughs> it's like they they are, are such a deadly combination. Like one is absolutely going to make you pay for even trying to to do anything near him, oh, and the other one is going to swallow up your most athletic running back and basically make it look easy. Make it look, make easy. It look easy. Make it look like he's tackling a fullback. In he's state. got thirty pounds on Kamara. He had no business like covering him the way he did, staying with him the way he did. Like it, it was unbelievable like to watch. Don't really appreciate how big he is and how well he moves for his size. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's why we have to start talking about the Brian Urlacher com- comparisons because I don't really know who else to compare him to <laughs> with with size and speed ratio like that at a linebacker position. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly am like. Keekley is not this guy. Keekley mm-hmm. weighs like 15 pounds less than 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 uh uh Layton does. Mm-hmm. Um I, you know, uh Thomas Davis, uh, uh I think you think about the the guys from 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 Tampa. These guys are all 230 pound linebackers and Layton is playing their game at 260. Yeah, he's playing so, like Rolando, like uh what we Hoped Rolando McClain would yes. be with the Cowboys. Yes, I mean, in, in that same sort of sense that Rolando McClain is a guy who is way too big to be doing the things that he's doing. Yep. Yes, he is that sort of uh, that sort of play. It's funny how they we kind of split Rolando McClain and took out all the bad parts of him, and, and then from that we formed Jalen Smith and, and Leighton yeah, Vanderesh. It's nuts, man. So, um, you know, and then Jalen, obviously, the huge hits on Kamara. Ooh. Um, I don't care helmet or helmet. Whatever. They didn't call the they face mask. Yeah, uh, Dak's head got ripped off last yeah. night, uh, and they <laughs> didn't it, call that. The so, refs definitely made up for it. Yeah, they so, definitely made up for it. Um, I, I, and then of course that third down tackle on the goal, third and goal tackle that Jalen oh. made was, I mean, just Clean you can't overst. One of the best Jones. tackles in, in in the whole season. I mean, if you think about it, like they he saved a touchdown there. He was on uh, the hash mark when Drew Brees threw the ball. Yeah, and He's and on he the hash mark, and he was able to catch Kamara out there and make the tackle before he could reach the, the end zone. Oh. It's unbelievable. And so, oh. uh, hyperbole hurting today. What'd you he say? Got, he took some licks. Kamara's yeah. going to be hurting today. Oh yeah, he's feeling it. Um, I, you know, I, I've run out of hyperbole. Uh, you know, these guys are right now the best linebacker duo in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know that it's really close. So nope. um, especially the, 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 no linebacker crews played like that last night, I don't think. So nope. um, anything else on the linebackers before we uh, we move on? 
Um, they're really good. Yeah, they are. I, <laughs> I confirm. I uh, confirm. I approve of that message. Uh, all right, let's move back to another really great yeah. group, man. Um, the secondary. Let's start outside. Um, you've got four starting cornerbacks. Yeah. How did? I mean, you know, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, all, I was. You know, we were talking. I was talking again, talking to Marcus about this, and it's like. Just go down the line, man. I mean, Byron Jones is Byron Jones, who just mm-hmm. played fantastic. I don't care about the penalties. That's going to happen. You're playing against Michael Thomas. Yeah. Michael Thomas had – what was Michael Thomas's final stat line for the night? Because it was five nothing to – Yeah. She, he held basically the, the best wide receiver in football to 5-40. to 40. So uh, that's, that's on eight targets, by the way, as well. Mm-hmm. So um, – that's pretty impressive. And then, yeah. you know, Chidobe Awuze, I only heard his name called one time the entire game, and that's when he got a pass deflection. Yeah. Um, uh, Anthony Brown had two pass deflections and a sack, had another sack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Jordan Lewis comes in, makes two plays, one of which is the game-sealing interception yeah. to take to take us in. John, I, I don't – I mean, what, what's – what is happening? We we used to be a team that had no quarterbacks. Now we have, we have corners. We have all the corners. We have all the corners now. We have all the um, corners. Talk to me about the play of this young, talented, deep group. Uh-huh. What you what I think really stood out to me is how aggressively the cornerbacks were attacking the catch point. Yes. If there has been one kind of issue with the sec with the cornerbacks, especially this season, it's been that they haven't really been aggressively attacking that catch point this season, and they really did that against the Saints. You saw that, especially from Anthony Brown on his couple pass deflections. He's really playing the catch point well, playing aggressively. You, people don't understand how difficult his job is in the slot, and he's performing so admirably from there. He's, you know, you give up the two-way go, you're going against some of the quickest receivers in the NFL, and he's just being, he's showing off his quickness, he's showing up, showing off his recovery speed, his ball skills. His tackling ability, he's been really good in run support, just playing phenomenally well. Chidobe Awuzie especially, I was really happy to see him play more aggressively at the catch point. He was playing more physically at the top of Roucher, which I love to see. Something that we're, I think with the ankle injury, he wasn't as aggressive because he was worried about uh, giving up that separation at the top of the route. But I think now that he's becoming more and more healthy as the season comes along, He's more confident playing yeah. physically at the top of the route because he knows that he can break on the ball, and we saw that on a couple of occasions, especially against Michael Thomas. Yeah, clearly the the more time he's spent separated from that ankle injury, the more confident and the more skilled his game has become uh, these last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, like I said, it's fantastic to see. A cornerback is one of the most important positions to be deep at, and for them to be deep and healthy there for right now, knock on wood, is pretty impressive. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's really amazing to see. You know, this is a lot of this stuff is kind of the fruition of stuff that we had talked about mm-hmm. earlier in the training camp and and then kind of pensively backed away and you know that's because of their performance but these guys are starting to show out in a way that we kind of had anticipated mm-hmm. uh, in training camp it's just taken a while to kind of to get there i guess so and how many more tests can byron jones pass i mean every uh, single week everybody's kind of you always see there's always one or two analysts or writers out there saying is this the week where byron jones gets tested this is his true test this week's his true test against a number one Michael Thomas or whoever it is throughout the week. It's DeAndre Hopkins. It's blah, blah, blah. He is passed with flying cover colors every step of the way. Who, I mean, I don't know that, I can't even think of who there is out there to potentially 
further nope. test. I mean, like, you know, that's Odell like Michael Beckham, Thomas. Done. Michael yeah. Thomas, done. Tom, Thomas has been the most impressive wide receiver in the NFL this season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how, you know, anyone that's going to give him a much more difficult. Julio. Yeah, did, maybe Julio, um, and he, he did that yeah, already. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think he's uh, he's – Passed all the tests with flying colors, yeah, and he's. I think he, we can stop questioning his he, play now. He's, he's got legitimately a, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. He has a necklace filled with the ears of wide receiver ones that he has dominated. <laughs> he is like, what's his name in uh, <laughs> in uh, uh, Apocalypse Now? And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, uh, yeah, I think Byron has passed all these tests. Let's let's talk about safeties and let's get out of here. I mean, it wasn't a huge night for the safeties because they mm-hmm. didn't really have to show up a ton. Um, but I will point out Xavier Woods had a really key uh, hit on T- Traquan Smith, who was fumbling a ball, was wanted to drop it. Uh, Xavier did a great job of con- uh, confirming that he would drop it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then uh, and then um, uh, we saw a uh, we saw s- several good tackles by Jeff Heath, being extremely physical. Uh, at different points, mm-hmm. um, you know, again, they're they're really let, allowing him to play to his strengths at this point, which is mm-hmm. uh, really shown in his play. Mm-hmm. Totally uh, agree. Anything else on any yeah, of this? I before to mention you? one thing about the it was a great wrinkle that the Cowboys used to put Jordan Lewis play him against um, Alvin Kamara in uh, passing situations. Jordan Lewis did a fantastic job blanketing Kamara out of the backfield. He had a couple tackles. He had. Both of his near interceptions came on plays where he was guarding Kamara out of the backfield. Really good awareness. He's just the he's the perfect kind of athlete, and he tackles well enough that you feel comfortable with him being one on one with Kamara. So it was just, I just really wanted to praise uh, Chris Richard and Rod Marinelli for that little wrinkle in the defense. It was really genius. Yeah, uh, th- these guys have uh, the coaching all around. I felt like was was fantastic, whether it was scheme or just having these guys ready to play and having them not quit. Like they they stuck. They they fought all sixty minutes, uh, and that shows good coaching. And that shows you know get, having your guys ready to play. So uh, kudos to uh, the coaching staff as well. Anything else before we go, John? No, sir. All right, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at McCoolBCB. John is at John Owning. Uh, follow the the pods account at Best Coast Boys with a Z. Uh, special thanks as always to Mike Fisher. Uh, make sure you follow him at Fish Sports and uh, catch us on Cowboys Two Four Seven. That's Two Four Seven sports.com forward slash nfl forward slash dallas dash cowboys you can always uh, hear us on the cowboy sports radio app uh, which is available on your ios iphone or google play android make sure you rate and review us give us five stars the podcast app and itunes yes, don't be there. a hater um and john is, you know we're happy but john will still come to the house yeah, i mean I john john is a happy warrior so <laughs> uh until we got a long break a uh, little layoff uh so we'll we'll resume a normal schedule next week uh, tuesday, uh, tuesday wednesday now that things are uh, settling down and we got the eagles coming into dallas yes, next sir. sunday so everybody enjoy the game this sunday uh the, the eagles are playing at washington i believe so that'll be a big game um, and then uh, enjoy the long weekend of not having to worry about your team winning or losing because uh, we already we already took care of that. So uh, until next time, guys, happy trails. <laughs>